0: Dear listeners and welcome to Narratives of Purpose. You are now tuned into a new episode showcasing unique stories of changemakers, of people who are contributing to make a difference in society. This show was created to amplify social impact by sharing individual journeys of ordinary people who I believe are making extraordinary impact within their communities and around the world. My name is Claire Rigande. I am your host on this podcast. If you want to be inspired to take action, then look no further. You are in the right place. Get comfortable and listen in to my conversations. On today's episode, I have two guests. I will be speaking with the co-founders of Miara. Sanjana Rao and Gayatri Muthukrishnan, both scientists by training, currently based in Zurich, Switzerland. Sanjana and Gayatri's startup, Miyara, is a women's guide to midlife health. Their platform includes a knowledge hub, freely downloadable resources, and experts including fitness, lifestyle coaches, clinical dietitians, as well as psychologists. Our discussion will focus on midlife, women's health, and the importance of sharing information, transparency, but also openness around conversations on women's health. And for this episode to reach more people, I invite you to take a moment and share your feedback by giving us a review on Apple Podcasts or on Good Pods. This will help other listeners find our show and further amplify the stories we bring on Narratives of Purpose. Alright, now let's get started with Sanjana and Gayathri. I hope you enjoy this conversation and learn a thing or two on bringing awareness to women's health. Ladies, hello, how are you doing? Welcome to Narratives of Purpose.
1: Hi, thank you for having us here, Claire. Hi Claire, thanks for having us. It's great being here today.
0: So before we go a bit deeper into what is Miara and all the offerings you have on your platform, I'd like you both to introduce yourself. So let's start with Sanjana. Can you tell the audience who you are? A bit of background for our listeners.
2: So uh, to tell you a bit about myself, I grew up in India and I moved to uh, Germany about 15 years ago to pursue my PhD in biochemistry, after which I moved to Switzerland for a postdoc at the EDH and at the University of Zurich. And um, during that time, I was interested in health uh, communication. Being a scientist, I felt like there was a very limited knowledge, you know, given to people about their health. And there was a lot of misinformation and kind of the pandemic uh, widened that gap. So um, that is kind of where uh, I started with health communication. And about that time, maybe about two years ago, I came across an article uh, on LinkedIn. Um, which actually was written by uh, Gayatri, and you'll hear more about her in a minute. Um, and it was about a very uh, topic close to my heart, which was antibiotic resistance. And I just, you know, out of a whim, just got in touch with her, uh, sent her a message. You know, we started discussing ideas on you know how we can you know bridge this gap of you know health communication and bring more awareness to people and that's kind of how we started working together in the first place and from then on we've been uh, really uh, keen on you know education and awareness and then we realized uh, somewhere along the line that who are we targeting who are we you know giving this information to shouldn't we be uh, you know a bit more specific about the information Uh, we're giving it to and who in the family kind of, you know, looks at health and manages the health of the family. This was also a time that, um, you know, I myself was going through like uh, changes in my, you know, physical and mental health. I, I was growing older and I just felt that I was not being supported by the information around me. And as a scientist, I just felt that that was a no go. Um, I needed to be better, uh, you know, supported by uh, information and awareness. And I let uh, Gayathri go on with that idea.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Gayathri. I have a similar background as Sanjana. So I've also done my PhD in bioengineering from in US, Penn State. And I moved back to India for my postdoc where I worked in cell biology. And I moved to Switzerland six years ago. In the process of looking for jobs and applying, I started writing about health. And it was a similar idea that I read so many articles. I understand so much of the science, but I don't think everybody gets what we scientists do and how it is relevant to them. With that idea, I started writing, uh, started freelancing in health communication. Also being a creative person as a dancer, I started doing this through dance too, incidentally. During this time when I was working in both Communicating Science with Dance and through my uh, articles, Sanjana contacted me. And I was like, oh, this is such a cool idea, actually doing this in a more serious way as an entrepreneur, building a company out of this. And it is something that I hadn't thought of earlier. As we were working together about what kind of health communication we wanted to do, as Sanjana pointed out, our own health came into the picture. Uh, we were going through health changes, and we wanted to address those. And we we're like, why are we reading it just for ourselves? Why don't we talk about this to other women? And this is how our focus slowly shifted to women's health, and not only just women's health, women's health in midlife. Because we were at the stage where kids are already two, three-year-olds, so we were past the postpartum also and to some extent. And now what next? And That's when this whole idea of Miara as a platform for women came about.
0: And there's one thing, I just want to read it because I like one quote that you have on your website when you describe your vision and your mission, and you say that you are driven by the quote from Michelle Obama that says, communities and countries and ultimately the world." Are only as strong as the health of their women.
2: Absolutely, and I think that's really what drives us. Because uh, you know, if women don't take care of themselves, then there is you know what what happens to the rest of society. And that kind of really ties into the fact that this topic that we are focusing on, which is perimenopause and menopause, is such a taboo. And actually, we've we've been looking at the data, and in twenty twenty, a survey uh, came out by the Female Founders Fund. And they found that 78% of women actually said that menopause interfered with their lives. And, you know, 64% of them said, you know, they were unprepared for menopause. And another survey in 2021 in the US actually said only 9% went to their mothers to ask about their own menopause experience. So no one is talking about this life state. So there's this huge gap of information. And I think we are placed at a right position to be able to fill that gap.
0: So tell me about Miara. Give us a sense of how did you build this and what is your objective with the way you put Miara together as it is?
2: The way we have designed uh, Miara and the way we envision Miara is uh, an end-to-end health platform for to support women through perimenopause, menopause and kind of beyond. And the idea is to give them access to evidence-backed information and products and solutions to help them through this uh, menopausal journey and like as you said we are scientists by training uh, both gayatri and i so i think that evidence based information is really like you know one of the tenets of what you know kind of what we follow So this could be like in the form of our uh, monthly, -monthly, bi-monthly newsletter, blogs, and uh, personal stories that, you know, women have shared with us. What we've realized is not only promotes awareness about the topic, but helps
1: women who are in that life stage. And one main thing that women in perimenopause and menopause need to realize is they still need to go to the gynex. They need to still follow up with appointments because at some point you're, Too busy in your own lives with the kids or your work, you're in the corporate environment in a senior management position, you just don't have time for these things. And what we want to say is please follow up with your gynec, go to you for your yearly appointments, follow up with the tests. But more importantly, there are a lot of these symptoms, especially in the perimenopause, that require lifestyle interventions. That's where we on our platform do provide services. Because lifestyle interventions can be from nutrition to fitness to mental health. We want to look at it holistically. So we provide customized plans because perimenopausal women and even menopausal women, they can have many different symptoms. So there are more than 34 symptoms as has been published. But each woman comes with a different combination of symptoms. So it's not one size fits all program that we can give these women.
0: I was just thinking because we've mentioned menopause and perimenopause and perhaps some of our listeners don't know exactly what's that. So maybe we could just rewind a bit and give a definition, right? What is perimenopause and and menopause?
2: Menopause is actually one day and it's kind of 12 months uh, where you've not had a menstrual period. Perimenopause is the transition period. Which could be any time between five to eight years before this menopausal day. And so it's perimenopause, the day of menopause, and everything after that is post menopause. So that's really how you define it. And in fact, more and uh, although the global average is 51 years in India, for example, the age of menopause, the studies have shown it's actually 46. So you can imagine. Women already start experiencing symptoms of menopause five, if if I say five to eight years before, then it's already in their late 30s. So that is why it's so important to kind of prepare and take the right steps so that you can have, you know, cruise through this time of your life.
0: I also saw that on your website, you work with different uh, experts, so it can be health coach, psychologist, you know, around nutrition. Can you explain how you collaborate with them and what is their contribution to Miara?
1: So our uh, fitness expert is uh, Anupama Gopal, and she closely works with us in providing these customized training plans. And similarly, our nutritionist, uh, Saumya Piru, apart from that, the mental health, we have collaborated with other uh, professional companies that provide the services and they are closely uh, partnered with us in understanding who our customers are and what their needs are. Apart from that, we do work with a few other experts who uh, train women holistically, like if you want, uh, in context of mental health, brain health, even working in terms of mindset. We did a workshop with a coach who works on mindset in menopause.
0: So you mentioned workshop, and uh, we also talked about webinars. Wh- who are the people actually attending your events?
2: Yeah, so actually, I, what I wanted to mention, we're kind of a global platform. One of our big target markets is India, where both Gayatri and I come from. But actually, it's it's really interesting, because we've built a community with people from all over, you know, the globe, like we have people from the us from australia from uh, the uk um, singapore all of them are part of our community so it's actually a really nice mix and it's extremely interesting that you know from switzerland to uh, india to all over the globe people are interested and want to attend our webinars and of course like gaitri said the, the workshops are you know we trying to kind of curate experts based on people who really know the topic because a lot of what we've realized is even in the medical system a lot of gynecologists uh, don't really talk about it it's a challenge i would say it's one of the challenges that we have to find the right people and you know we're on the right uh, track i would say
0: yeah it's it's good that you mentioned that sanjana because i was just going to ask you how challenging is it or how much effort and resources you need to put into that because it's a global community as you say but you're also working with experts. So can you walk us through a little bit of this whole journey? What has been the most difficult for you and how have you gone about that?
2: So like I said, it's a global community, but I think what we initially uh, tried to do is we started out in India to kind of get a proof of concept of the fact that our programs are what women want. And once we started seeing some data on how women are appreciating not only the awareness part, but also the customized, um, you know, wellness programs that we have for them. So in terms of you know women telling us how they're uh, you know they have built more sustainable habits into their uh, life. They've started training they've started eating better they've started looking at the ingredients of, of what they're eating and they've started sleeping better and you know what we haven't mentioned is like even hydration is such a topic so we're really coaching them on the different aspects of their lives so we started out in India and now on the next phase we want to bring these not only these customized wellness programs to Switzerland where both Gayatri and I are based but also go to corporates and any organization that wants to retain women in the workplace and talk about menopause in terms of awareness and sensitization.
0: So who are you targeting in terms of corporates and how do you want to collaborate with them, You know, given your experience so far and what you've been able to do through your proof of concept and how you're building up your communities?
1: We do want to work with, with corporates and even other organizations which have a considerable number of women But the main idea is also to be the sensitization and awareness, which need not be just for women. It has to include men. We need to include men in this conversation. And that's one reason we want to reach corporates is because the first phase we want to just have this conversation that this life stage exists. Uh, The women are going to go through it. They can thrive through it, but they just need a little extra support. The second stage is actually giving them, providing the women themselves who are going through it, uh, the support, uh, some basic idea, a workshop saying, these are the different symptoms you might go through, this is how it might be in workplace, and these are different scenarios you might encounter. So how do you uh, overcome these scenarios Uh, through lifestyle interventions? Also making them aware of the necessity to reach out to doctors when required. Apart from that, these customized training programs are something we can provide each woman as and when they need it. And actually what I would like to mention is this, we've been talking, there's
2: a latest report by McKinsey and Lean In uh, about women at the workplace and the broken rung. And actually what what has been said for every uh, 100 men who are promoted from entry level to manager, only 87 women are promoted and only 82 women of color are promoted. I mean, if we're talking about equality and diversity and inclusion, we need to have menopause as a conversation at the workplace.
0: I think your approach is also very interesting in the sense that you want to first have the conversation because it all starts with the conversation awareness. You know, what is it exactly? How does it feel? And the fact that people mostly shy away to speak about it because it's a taboo, it's because of all that, right? Nobody knows. And if you don't know, it's difficult to speak about something you don't know, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. I just want to bring out one more point. So, corporates are now addressing uh, pregnancy, the f- uh, requirements for the family. And a thing there is you can actually see women going through pregnancy. Uh, but when it comes to infertility or menopause, you can't actually see these women going through the struggle. And it needs to be spoken about in that sense, because you can't actually see them going through the pain.
2: And also from the point of view of like their long term health, and we are really a platform that believes in like healthy aging. So if women take the necessary steps in their 20s, 30s, 40s, they can have a healthier life. And actually, there's data that women spend a third of their life post menopause or something like that. So why not enjoy that third of your life?
0: I wanted to ask you something about building up this platform and going the entrepreneurial path. What is it that you're learning from this whole process and this whole journey so far and that keeps you going actually?
1: I think the first thing is resilience as uh, both of us who have worked in academia and done projects in very basic biological sciences. Uh we realize that uh, the resilience we have learned from there is Taking us forward in this entrepreneurial route. And the other thing I think is super important is being agile, which again, I think we have learned from our research. So, one experiment doesn't work. You think of a different way of answering your question or rethink the problem itself and go back to the board. And that is something that we have learned and we have done, I think, very well. And that has helped us come this far with Miara because we know. We try something and as soon as we realize that it's not working, we go back and we're like, okay, so what does the customer want? And that's a very important uh, question that we need to keep asking ourselves every couple of months. Are we giving the women what they need and what they want? And then take the step, next step that we want to as Miara. This brings me to the quote by uh,
2: Thomas Edison, which says, I have not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work. So it's it's kind of like that for us. Um, you know and and along the way people, of course imposter syndrome is something that we deal with on a daily basis, not only as uh, women but also as founders. So they're like daily ebbs and flows which happen. Uh, and a lot of people have given us advice and I and I actually want to thank the people who've been openly sharing their advice. but what we've learned along the way is to be picky about whose advice we take. I'm sure they all meant it in the right way. But, you know, at the beginning, we used to actually listen to everyone's advice. And that was a muddle in our head at the end of the day.
0: I like the fact that you say you're picky with the advice. So may I ask, how do you pick the advice then?
1: So one way of uh, deciding that is also the person from what uh, angle they are speaking. What is their mindset with which they are coming? When it comes to especially women's health, we understand women better i think (laughs) in some contexts when men talk about it we know that okay they don't really understand what we're talking about what we're going through and no offense to them but they come up with really good business advice in terms of what works and what can work and what cannot work so even the same person we could pick one advice and not pick the other even with the same person one anecdote is initially we really were working with this antibiotic resistance topic and we spoke to a doctor who was actually bringing awareness and who was working in antibiotic resistance. And uh, we realized that we need to really take his opinion into account when we were talking about that, <laughs> We were working with that idea. So it's like that kind of uh, understanding whose advice is important in which topic. <laughs>
0: What I would like to ask you now is if some people are listening and they want to start their own journey and they have this idea and they want to really go for it, what would you advise them to do? How should they start? And given your experience, what has worked for you that you would advise someone else?
1: Yeah, my first thing would be figure out who you want to work with, who are your clients, who are your customers, who are these people? and really talk to them to see if the question you are addressing is something that they want to be addressed and how they want it to be addressed. Because sometimes you go in with an idea of a question that needs to be addressed, and you also already have a solution for that. But probably the question is important, but the solution might not be what the customer is looking for. So I think you really need to go with an open mind and talk to these people that you're working for. And I would
2: kind of add to that by saying, um, be passionate about what you're doing. And I think from both Gayathri and I, you can see that we're very passionate about it. Because every day we bring in the same level of, uh, you know, intensity. And, you know, some days, of course, are good and some days are not so good. But, you know, you have to keep pushing on. And that, again, brings me back to the what Gayathri said about resilience. And uh, that you just need to have a lot of that. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be worth it, let's say.
0: I have two more questions on something you said, Gayatri, uh, in your advice to say, you know, speak to your customers and listen to what they have to say on, on your idea or your solution. How do you connect your customers? I know you're active on social media, but do you have different platforms where you interact with your own customers?
1: Yeah, so we have a very active WhatsApp group and we have a Facebook group too. The WhatsApp group is very interesting. So we do provide awareness through that group. But also we get feedback from the uh, uh, women in that group. It really helps also that we run these uh, weekly challenges. And that's when we get the most feedback. Because when we run the weekly challenges, the women have questions to ask. Like, why this challenge? Uh, right now we are running this uh, sugar-free challenge. Not completely sugar-free, but any added sugar So women have asked, so what can I add this form of sugar? you are like, no, but can I have fruits? Well, yes. So it's like, you know, the women are really thinking now about what is sugar. And we realize what they know and what they don't know through this process also. And so that gives us a lot of feedback and we are able to give them a lot more through the process. And also another thing that we've done is like personal
2: interviews, we've actually reached out to people um, and talked to them. And I think that has been the most telling part. So we've also done surveys and things like that. I know, and that is one way of doing this, but we actually talked to a lot of women and ask them like non-probing questions, but still like been able to get a lot of information and that's been really valuable for us. And right now we have uh, customers in Canada, in India, in Switzerland. So we've been working very closely with these women. Uh, and this is how we're learning. And this is how we're, you know, uh, building our product. And I think that's that's been the most valuable thing f- for us so far.
0: And looking ahead, say in the short to midterm future, what is your vision for Miara? How do you see this evolving? And what will it look like?
2: Two days ago, we had a brainstorming session on on where we want Miara to be in five years. And I think What we align on the fact is we want to be global. We want to help women. I think that's going to be the thing. And the way we help women right now is through, you know, supporting them through midlife health. But I think it could be, you know, all across the board. So I think that's that's kind of where we see uh, Miara in five years, but definitely with a big focus on science and education and awareness. But one more thing I would mention is also like, uh, first of all, shout out to our current team. Um, Anupama, Gopal, Saumya, Piro who's also working closely with us and of course uh, on the scientific content it's Aishwarya so first of all shout out to all of them but we're also looking to grow and expand our team so that's also something that in the short to medium term we're you know going to be active and um, looking out for people who share a similar vision with us
0: and there's also one thing I wanted to mention is that you received an award recently Hidden Figure Awards And my question now is also, you know, how did that feel for you? And is that even more encouraging? What was that impact for you, for Miara, in helping you grow, basically?
2: I mean, it was, first of all, quite surprising to uh, be in this community of, uh, you know, this tech face and, you know, women in tech, Switzerland, and, you know, be honored for uh, what we're doing in health. First of all we connected with a lot of interesting people in that event and uh, we're hoping to take those conversations forward and we hope to like use that momentum with the uh, hidden figures award and you know uh, you know drive positive change in switzerland as well because like i said we're now um shifting gears and you know scale, uh, planning to scale uh
1: in switzerland as well yes i must say it was very encouraging because Every once in a while, you need the kind of a public approval of what you're doing, because like, again, going back to the fact that as as entrepreneurs, you need resilience. uh, And it helps a lot when you have this uh, kind of awards or recognition and people talk to you about it in building that resilience. You like you can work through your passion and the resilience and move the company forward. And I must say that I think we informed more than a few women that they could
2: be in perimenopause at the event. So I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, but uh, but we tried to uh, put a positive spin on it. So
1: Coming back to the fact that this award was given by Tech Face and it was a a kind of a tech-based uh, award, an uh, organization giving this award. One thing for scaling up that we do plan to do in the future is develop a a more robust tech product because that was going to be really important in us scaling up uh, Miara.
0: Now, to conclude, I always ask the two same questions to my guest. So the first one is... Do you have any recommendation for our listeners, uh, a book, a movie, dare I even say a podcast? I don't know. Um, something that's really, you know, you think is interesting, uh, like an all time favorite of yours or something that you think people should absolutely listen to or read. Uh, let me start with you, Sanjana. What is your recommendation today?
2: So one of the book suggestions I would give is um, Invisible Women. I don't know if uh, a lot of people have uh, read it. Uh, it's by Caroline Criado Perez. As a woman, you, you should be really upset after reading that book. And I definitely was. It exposes the data bias um, that women have faced in building basically all products from the phone that is placed in your hand to a uh, crash test dummies. And actually, there's been something done recently about that. So that's great. But, you know, it just exposes the inequalities in a world designed for men. So I think that's definitely something that everyone after, uh, if you haven't read it yet, please do uh, go ahead and pick a copy of that.
0: And how about you, Gayatri? What is your recommendation?
1: So there is one book, uh, uh, Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg. Um, so as women entrepreneurs or even women in corporates and I think any woman uh, should read it to understand when they need to lean in, take support, take advantage of what they have been given and how to work th- through the whole so- society that is built again around men like how Sanjana talked about the invisible woman. And this is more uh in that context of women and women in workplace. Uh, the another book I'm just currently reading is Dear Female Founder. It is by edited by Luli. It is basically a collection of 66 letters of advice from women entrepreneurs. I was given this book as a birthday gift from my husband, which is really nice. And I just started reading it and already the first 10 letters I'm like, wow, I need all this advice. <laughs> And
0: my second question is, do you have someone in mind who you think would be a great guest for this podcast and whose journey you'd like to listen to?
1: So there is another uh, female founder, Sonali Quantius. She's uh, working on pregnancy and postpartum mental health. Uh, she has developed her product be, uh, for these women. And I think it's very interesting, her whole journey on how she's gone through it. Uh, in developing this and where she's going to go forward with it. So I would love to hear more about her.
0: And how about you, Sanjana?
2: So I'm also going to talk about another female founder. Um, Her name is um, Ira Guha. She's built a company called Asan, which is a social enterprise. Their first product is a high-quality menstrual cup. And what is interesting is their uh, one-to-one donation scheme to combat period poverty. The company is now in India and in the UK, but I think her plans are to kind of scale globally. So
0: now it's the end of our conversation. I'd just like to also leave you the stage. So if there's something you want to add, something we didn't address, please go ahead.
2: Yeah, so first of all, thank you, Claire, for having us and bringing this very important conversation to the forefront. And hopefully through platforms like Miara and other ones that already exist and um, women and men can have a ho- more holistic uh, picture about this life stage and be able to you know, drive this discussion wherever they are at home or at the workplace.
1: Yeah, again, thanks, Claire. Your podcast is really interesting. Uh, your guests and you're bringing awareness on many different topics through this. And thanks a lot for that. And like Sanjana said, talking about women, women's health, all works towards this gender equality. And we really need to keep having these conversations.
0: It was really great to speak to both of you. Thank you so much for taking the time. And I'm really excited to see how Miara is going to evolve. So I am going to be watching closely. <laughs> Hopefully, within a year, you can come back and tell us more about, you know, what you're up to. So thank you so much for taking your time. It's been a pleasure. Because women's health goes way beyond fertility and pregnancy, as a team of scientists and women, Miara is taking a holistic approach by addressing physical, emotional, and mental well-being. You can learn more about Miara on their website at miarawomen.com. Miara is spelled M-I-Y-A-R-A, and we have shared the link for you in the show notes. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I appreciate you taking the time. That was episode 42, a conversation with Sanjana Rao and Gayatri Muthukrishnan on guiding women to midlife health. Remember to share this episode within your network and with your friends. If you are enjoying our show, we would love to get your five-star rating on Spotify. We are also always keen on hearing from our audience, so feel free to connect with us through our social handles. You will find us on Instagram at narrativesofpurpose.podcast of purpose underscore podcast as well as LinkedIn at Narratives of Purpose Podcasts. You can also leave us a voice message anytime on our website at narratives-of-purpose Until the next episode, take care of yourselves, stay well, stay healthy, and stay inspired. This podcast was produced by Tom at Rustic Studios.